This is Naturally Strong, the show that helps you use your powers for good. I'm your host, Cameron Nelson. In today's episode, we'll continue our discussion of mindfulness by focusing on ways you can bring mindfulness into your life. Today, we thought we'd bring in a special guest, Anna Claypool. She's our marketing and social media manager. She recently finished her training to become a yoga teacher and is here to give us her perspective on mindfulness and yoga. Anna, I know that everyone has different preconceived notions about what mindfulness and yoga are. How would you define these two concepts? Yes. Hello. (laughs) So, yeah, I am a recently certified uh, 200-hour yoga teacher and also a SELF uh, facilitator, so that's Social Emotional Learning Facilitator. Um, And that means I can teach yoga and wellness classes. So... um, the SELF part really does focus on mindfulness. So, and I just kind of have some like thoughts that I took when I saw this question. So yoga to me is movement that feels good in your body. It builds strength. um, It increases your mobility and functioning in your body. Um, It also kind of ties with mindfulness because mindfulness is being aware in the present moment, like in its most simplistic definition. That's just what mindfulness is to me. Um, yoga always with the breath as the guide. So the breath moves you as you're moving through the sequencing of a yoga class, um, ideally kind of guides you and it helps our bodies calm down by pairing our breath with movement. And it tells our vagus nerve in the back of our brain to chill out basically. (laughs) Um, so focusing on finding what feels good as we move and breathe and, um, Noticing what's happening in our body brings us back to the present moment. So that's that mindfulness piece again. And yoga is just one way to practice mindfulness among other ways. Like I think we're going to talk about guided meditations today, um, taking a walk, drawing, painting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Before we go on, Anna, can you go back to your very first statement or second statement that you made about how you would define those those two Mm -hmm. concepts? Can you uh, just say it one more time? Yes. So... Mindfulness, in the most simplistic definition, is being aware of the present moment. Whatever it takes to get you there, when you are mindful, you're here, you're with us. I kind of describe it as you don't have multiple tabs open, and if you do, you're just focused on one, right? Like in your brain, it's just, whoop, we're just right here. Um, And then yoga is movement that feels good in your body, usually to build strength, but also to ground us and bring us back to the present moment and increases mobility and functioning overall in a individual. Awesome. Thanks for just repeating that one more time. I think what you said was really, really important. And I wanted to make sure that people kind of heard that, heard your explanation of it, and then got to kind of recap again, what you had started with. So thanks for repeating that. I think, Jenna, you have a question for Anna. I do. (laughs) Um, I just want to know what have yoga and mindfulness done for you personally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot. Um, (laughs) I think everyone should have these kind of in their toolbox, but really it connected mind and body for me. So a lot of us, in my opinion, live in our heads or in our emotions throughout the day, like one over the other. And they're not really like talking, like we're in our logical brain, right? Or the other half, we're kind of in the emotional brain. And for me, yoga has connected those two halves and also connected me back to my body, brings in that mindfulness, like I'm kind of back in the present moment. Um, Yeah, it's taught me patience, perseverance, I have been kind of on a spiritual journey this past year, so it's brought me back into, like, what does that mean to me? And spirituality is one of our nice character strengths here, too, with the Via Institute. Um, And so it's 
gotten me thinking kind of about like what does spirituality mean to me over the past year as well as grounded me um it's led me to an amazing community too of um people like other other yogis that's what we call <laughs> like yogi bear um but yeah other yogis so love that and I love the people that I've got to meet and just um always brings me back to gratitude just for the practice but also for like all of us and the world and kind of that greater connectedness yeah again comes in that's beautiful yeah. Can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. Um, so what I'm curious about is I hear you talking about this journey that you've been on and the connections that you've made and, and just reconnecting yourself to a more holistic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, just being. Mm-hmm. So what I'm curious about, just for our listeners, like can you define that in a very specific and – explicit like like mm. what are the outcomes of mm-hmm. that for mm-hmm. you of does that make sense the spirituality uh, uh, of just this this reconnection using mm-hmm. yoga to reconnect mm-hmm. being a more holistic person mm-hmm. as well as your spirituality what mm-hmm. are the outcomes for you how is your life different in really practical explicit specific ways mm. does that make sense yeah and i think that's hard to I th- define i think it is hard to define abstract right like <laughs> right. what does that mean to me uh, and that's what I'm figuring out, too. So I don't know okay. if I have, like, a specific, you know, like, detailed outcome mm-hmm. yet. Sure. I think it's just initiated that journey. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. using um, yoga and mindfulness and stuff more often, you kind of have that perspective. Haha. <laughs> yes, that's one of my character strengths <laughs> now. Um, to, lo- like, look at the greater whole. And spirituality always talks about the greater whole. And so it's just put me towards that path again if that makes sense like what does that mean to me how do I want to celebrate the whole is it through organized religion is it through my yoga practice is like what what am I going to do so I'm so what I'm about that what what I think I hear you saying is that your practice of mindfulness and yoga one of the outcomes is a renewed interest mm-hmm. in the path of spirituality so spirituality yeah. is sort of the outcome yeah. for mindfulness and yoga can you give us yeah. another example of su- okay. from mindfulness and yoga mm-hmm. that has how it has impacted your life and and like just your maybe day-to-day practical mm-hmm. like what's different yeah so I think those two combined <clears throat> really makes me more in tune with my body and so like you can just even notice how you're sitting after you've been in this you know community for so long because they they're really into like a spinal alignment and like what's happening for you and so it makes me more in tune with oh man, I got an ache in my neck. (laughs) And it's always there. And sometimes I don't notice it, but now I do more often than not. Mm -hmm. So it's that connection back to the body. And then what do you do when you notice that? How has that, that's that's kind of my question, but like, how can we help people move forward to a more healthy, stronger Mm -hmm. way of living? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just that adjustment. That's that inner dialogue that kicks in because of the practice of yoga mindfulness saying like, oh, we should maybe put our shoulders back or how can we embody being more present with our bodies and maybe it is moving your shoulders back maybe it is you know taking a stretch in your calves while you're at your desk for the 10th hour of the day or whatever that means to you taking a break so honoring what you need honoring yourself is really another outcome i think of the yoga and mindfulness right so that a level of that new level of awareness that you have um, has been able to then be translated into action, mm-hmm. right? That's, mm-hmm. I think, what I'm looking for is, like, yeah. you're taking some actions to go, hey, my body needs something right now, 
and I'm actually going to do something about mm-hmm. what my body needs. I'm not just going to ignore it, yeah. pretend that it's not existing. I'm actually going to take some action here. And it's so subtle. I think that's why it's harder to pinpoint with words is because right. it's just constantly in the background. When you're mindful, it's just like, nope, do this and do this and this is wrong and this is off because you're just in tune with yourself mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay. I think Katie might have a question for our guest. Um, so how do you feel yoga is related to positive psychology? Yeah. I mean, we have research on this, right? Like it's directly related to increasing well-being, which is really what positive psychology is. Like how can we increase a person's overall well-being? Um And so it helps people grow into their optimal level of functioning. And that's pretty much the definition of positive psychology, right? Like through the movement, through the mindfulness, um, through maybe some, there is a spirituality aspect just in the way I was taught yoga. So it's just like, how do we increase overall well-being? And this is a tool, like the yoga and mindfulness are a tool to do that. And that's, that is the definition of positive psychology. Yeah. That was quick. <laughs> Down and dirty on that one. That one makes sense. Like yeah. the back yeah. of your yeah. hand, Anna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna, for your expertise, for coming and sharing some time with us. Um, so what we kind of want to move to here is, like Anna had mentioned, yoga is an excellent way to practice mindfulness. So it's not the only one. So we're going to talk about some other ways to practice mindfulness, and hopefully you can find one that works for you. My question is, what are a few of your favorite ways to incorporate mindfulness and related topics like savoring into your life? So I like to use the five senses. It's a grounding technique. Um, we recommend it a lot. It's a, it's a nice mindfulness technique that you can use pretty much anywhere that you are. And it's really just mainly focusing on your five senses. So slowing things down enough to say, okay, what can I smell? What can I hear? What can I taste? What can I see? What can I touch? So all of those things, even if you don't feel calm enough to tap into those senses, it's a pretty accessible and simple way to get into mindfulness and just be in the present moment because all of your senses are in the present moment. So it's a pretty simple way that you can ground yourself. Yeah. Can I add on to that, actually? Because I've been using that a lot. Um, So... I have this new training, EMDR. We're probably all familiar with what that is at this table, but for everybody else, that's um, a type of therapy treatment, and it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So it's pretty powerful, and that's a grounding technique that I've been using. Um, And so it's specifically written in my training, right, as five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And you kind of, you can, and you can do this at home. You can cue it with something mildly distressing for you, like on a zero to 10 scale, maybe a three, right? 10 is the worst thing ever. Zero is like, you're not stressed at all. I have a very scientific scale that I drew with a smiley face and a frowny face of that. So, <laughs> so we want, we want like a three though. So something mildly distressing and you think of that and then you immediately go into grounding. So what's five things I can see, right? What's four things I can touch? And then you ask yourself again when you're done, like, where am I at now? And usually we have people who go down on that scale. So it, it's huge for de-stressing. Yeah. yeah, this is one of the ones I use with clients who have panic mm-hmm. disorder mm-hmm. a lot. It's mm-hmm. like that five senses, like, mm-hmm. ground back into your body. Mm-hmm. So it's great when you're in acute powerful. stress mm-hmm. and powerful when you're not, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites is 
this technique taught by uh, Thich Nhat Hanh in his book, Pieces Every Step. And he talks about instead of setting aside, you know, like 10 minutes for meditation, because sometimes that feels overwhelming, um, is to incorporate it in tiny ways throughout your day. And sometimes, I love this idea too, to take something that is initially stressful and use it to kind of turn that around and become a moment to use your meditation. So when you're stopped at a stoplight and you're frustrated because you really want to go, instead of getting frustrated, taking a moment to breathe, count down from 10, and just be mindful in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing goes for like phone calls or text messages, changing the tone to uh, like a resonant sound, like a bell or something that's more peaceful mm-hmm. so that it's not so intrusive um and and then just doing that same kind of mindfulness in your everyday domestic life like as you're folding the laundry paying attention mm-hmm. to like how the fabric feels mm-hmm. what it's like to fold something how it smells this again like the five mm-hmm. senses just mm-hmm. being in tune in little ways throughout your day to be mindful because i find it really difficult to set aside time to mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. be mindful mm-hmm. It is really difficult. It is really difficult to find that time that you can carve out, mm-hmm. right? Carving out time is incredibly difficult. And even that expression, carving out time, even that already moves <laughs> us to a thing of stress. And, and yeah, it's just not positive. It's not as healthy or this feeling of well-being as it can be. So let's not carve out time. Mm-hmm. Let's just be present and use these small things in small ways to help us to become more mindful. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jenna. I appreciate that. Um, so, um, one of the things that I engage in is loving kindness, mindfulness. So I find that this brings, this calms my mind. So my cognitions will slow down and become more calm. It also calms down my body. Um, this is probably my go-to mindfulness activity when I can't sleep is to engage in loving kindness meditation or mindfulness. So if you're not really familiar with this particular method, um, basically what we're trying to do is heighten our awareness of love and kindness, peace, calmness, and health. And we first start by focusing on a person that's rather important to us that we have positive healthy feelings toward and we send them messages of loving kindness and then we move through sending these same messages to different groups of people and populations and all living things and then we turn it back to ourselves and give ourselves those messages as well and I think that most of us have an experience with a person that we're close to, how just being in the presence of that person can kind of just reset us and help us to take a deep breath and relax a little bit more. So this is a way you can do this even if you're not in the presence of that person. So this is a way to bring them more fully into our experiences in the moment. And so this loving kindness meditation is a way that really, really does help me to fall asleep just feelings of love and kindness towards others and myself. I can generally shift from my to-do list that I didn't finish and all the things I have to do tomorrow to, oh, wait, I can find peace and calmness by being loving and kind to others and myself. So we really hope that you will join us as um, Anna is going to lead us in a loving kindness meditation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So go ahead and get comfortable in your seat. If you're not seated, go ahead and find a comfy seat, cross-legged. You can lay down. And if you feel comfortable, go ahead and close your eyes. 
or you can lower your gaze to the floor or at a point in front of you. Okay. Now we'll just draw attention to the natural flow of your breath for a few moments. We're grounding down. And I'll invite you to bring your hands to your heart and feel into the love and kindness that make up your most compassionate self. As you continue to breathe, we'll first connect with the most important person in your life, which is you. On your next inhale, we'll inhale in and exhale. We'll silently send yourself this loving wish. May I be healthy and happy. May I be peaceful, free, and filled with ease. May I be safe from harm. As you deepen your breath, visualize someone you love and hold dear to your heart. Take a moment to connect to this person. We'll inhale in. Next exhale, silently send this person these loving wishes. May you be healthy and happy. May you be peaceful, free, and filled with ease. And may you be safe from harm. Next, we'll bring to mind someone that you do not know very well. This is a neutral person. Take a moment to connect to this person. We'll inhale together. And on our exhale, silently send this person these loving wishes. May you be healthy and happy. May you be peaceful, free, and filled with ease. And may you be safe from harm. Next, bring to mind someone that you may be having a conflict with. Maybe a sasshole. <laughs> Take a moment to connect to this person. So on your, we'll inhale together. And on our next exhale, silently send this person these loving wishes. May you be healthy and happy. May you be peaceful, free, and filled with ease. And may whatever blocks your heart be dissolved. Last, we'll bring to mind all living beings on the planet. Take a moment to connect to all beings. We'll inhale together. And on our next exhale, we'll silently send all beings these loving wishes. May you all be healthy and happy. May you be peaceful, free, and filled with ease. May you be safe from harm. And may whatever blocks your heart be dissolved. We'll end with three collective breaths together. So we'll inhale in together. Through our nose, out through our mouth. Inhaling in. Exhale. And now I'll invite you to take the deepest breath you've taken all day. So inhaling in. Long, slow exhale out. Thank you for doing guided meditation today with me.
Thank you for Thanks. inviting us. You have <laughs> such a soothing voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you do. I hope so. I've been up since four. Oh. I may take a nap. Take a nap. <laughs> right now. Right in the middle of all of this. <laughs> so, Emma, I'm curious if you can help us with this question. What are your favorite ways to incorporate mindfulness and related topics like savoring into your life? And you wanted to talk about using apps and mindful eating. I think mm. those things are pretty applicable to all of us. I know I use my app a lot. Like, it is so helpful to have something that just c- can really lead me along the path. So I would be lost without apps. I'm so grateful. I'm yeah. just going to savor those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apps are pretty amazing. And I actually, I wanted to talk about them because I used to be kind of a cynic. I was like, there's no way that apps actually help. It's probably just like an Instagram gimmick, you know, getting in all those people who, <laughs> like all of those, those self-improvement suckers. people. But then I, di- I did some research on it because, you know, I'm a psychology student. I'd be doing research for fun. And I found some journal articles that are actually like studies on the effectiveness of this type of app. And it's not even one specific app. Like they do actually work. And so whatever one that you try that works for you, that's great. They're like super uh, accessible. They're easy to use. They're just a really good, usually free resource. Mm -hmm. So Awesome. Do you have a particular app in mind that you like? I don't remember the name of it. So okay. I'm sorry. Is it pretty colored? Is it purple? <laughs> <laughs> That's a comic. <laughs> we could all just like name off one app that we all use because we all have yeah. one. Yeah. I'm assuming That's all true. of us use an app. Mm-hmm. Calm yeah. is a really good one. And Headspace mm-hmm. is a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I use Insight mm-hmm. Timer. Mm-hmm. 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 Insight Timer. It yeah. You can um, limit, you can search based on topics. Mm. Um, if you're feeling anxiety or, you know, wh- whatever you're struggling with, you can search based on topics. And then you can also do time limits. Like if oh. you're like, I have five minutes, you can search for five minute meditations and that's what it'll give you. That's mm. a really good one. They also have really cool singing bowl sounds. Mm. Really? Which are s- a- a- of different tones. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you can set it to, 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 go off different like like to start you can have three and to end you can mm-hmm. have three or you can have one or like that's my favorite part of insight timer is the mm. singing oh, bowls cool. they're cool mm-hmm. and another thing that i like to do it's not like a dedicated um meditation app but i have an audiobook app it's called libby because mm-hmm. you can just check the books out you don't have to pay for them i'm not paying for an audiobook and so like if you're not really super into like guided meditation maybe just trying like mindfully listening to an audiobook mm-hmm might be more your might be more your speed. So I have a story related to that. Mm-hmm. When we would travel in the car with five children, um, we would rent them fr- or not rent them, but go borrow them from the library. We would borrow. Mm-hmm. You know, this was mm-hmm. back in the days of you know CDs and things like that, and you know, and we wouldn't stream them. But Libby does do this. But we c- and we I would just put in these these CDs mm-hmm. of audiobooks mm-hmm. and they would all be so quiet mm-hmm. and they would listen they wouldn't fight and then we could talk about what part of the book it was fabulous like audiobooks are like i swear they're like we did heaven. that too mm-hmm. did you mm-hmm. yeah on road trips on road yeah. trips mm-hmm. like we want li- we listened to all of the harry potter series mm. like we did all of these mm-hmm. big things and mm-hmm. they were so good it was so nice mm-hmm. 
because, you know, practical applications. Okay. <laughs> Mindful eating. Oh, yeah. So you actually taught me this one, Dr. K. You did it oh. with a little piece of candy. And so, like, the, the premise of it is, like, you, you pay attention to the texture of the wrapper and the sound of the wrapper and, like, the colors of the wrapper, and then you unwrap it slowly, and you, like, pay attention to the sensation of the candy itself, like, especially chocolate. I'm a chocolate person. And then you, like, pay attention to the taste and how it feels in your mouth and that kind of thing. And just doing that, like, if you just have, like, candy in your purse or something and you're in a stressful situation and you can just mindfully eat that piece of candy, that works. But I've also, I also try and do it with a lot of other food because I'm really bad about being on my phone during meals and I feel like a lot of people are. And there's no judgment there, but it's just like objectively not super good for you. So just like trying to pay attention to just this sensational experience that's going on when you're doing, because you, you, you have to eat, you know. So it's, it's an easy way to incorporate mindfulness because it's something you're already doing. It, it, that really relates back to what Jenna was saying earlier, right, about, like, taking those moments at stop signs or stop lights, yeah. those kinds of things, right? Probably not stop signs. People behind you will get mad. <laughs> but at, at a stop light. Mm -hmm. um, but eating is another place that's like that, like just being really aware of what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. And mindful eating is uh, often the cornerstone of a lot of behavioral programs to lose weight mm. being more present with the food and those experiences really actually is a key component for weight loss mm. so but there's some really specific things around it you can't just like be mindful of eating like there's actually some really key things that are part of your mindful eating that really can contribute to weight loss mm -hmm. so if that's something that's interesting to you i think that that's something that you should probably look into really specific mm -hmm. set steps to mindful eating and i've actually used it kind of in an opposite way i used to have like a really terrible relationship with food and food restriction and so just um, trying to bring joy back into eating through mindfully eating, like reminding myself, like, I really like this food. Like mac and cheese. Love mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, that kind of thing. So kind of the, the coin has two sides there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Either way, it is, is, it's about savoring your food so that you're eating an amount that your body needs. Mm -hmm not what somebody else is telling you you're supposed to eat or how you're supposed to eat. Like, it's what works for you, which should help on both ends of the extreme of that spectrum. Yeah, love it. I don't know if this is the place to talk about, like, regulation, because I think Go mindfulness, you have to be regulated in order mm -hmm. to practice mindfulness. Like, I can picture a lot of people I know or work with that just, if you're like, just pay attention to the candy wrapper, they're like, I haven't eaten in 12 hours. Like, <laughs> let me eat the candy. And you're like, yes, that's accurate. So I feel like regulation has to be in the conversation with mindfulness because to That's practice true. it, you have to be regulated. And for some people, a lot of this is tied to heart rate, right? Like some people sit higher. So, but what are you doing to get back to your baseline? Do you run before you eat? I mean, what is it, right? Like, do you need to increase your heart rate? Do you need to decrease it by doing yoga or guided meditation um, to be able to be mindful? Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point, Anna. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, Absolutely. So let's wrap this up with kind of the end of, of you know, th th this discussion about incorporating mindfulness, savoring, how do we do that? And can we bring it back to your character strengths? So specifically, I'm going to reword this question to something like pick one of your top five character strengths or any character strength, maybe one that you are trying to in incorporate more and 
how does your character strength relate to your use of mindfulness and savoring? I think, so I am a a well-known card-carrying member of the Appreciation of Beauty and Excellence Club, and I do think that, um, like, mindfully eating really does tie into that because, like, when you're mindful, it is easier to appreciate the beauty and excellence that's going on around you. I think my use of judgment ties into liking the apps because um, it it was critical thinking that led me to using them and um, critical thinking that dictates like when to use them. Like this might be a good time for like a five minute guided meditation or that kind of thing if you don't have time for anything else or like setting aside time to use the apps. I think my judgment ties in there. So great example. Thanks. Anyone else? So my number one is social intelligence, right? But I feel like that almost comes out of this a little bit for me because when I think of mindfulness, it is just like an individual usage and it trickles out, but it's just like you, it's for you, right? To be a better person for other people and yourself. But so I feel like that one doesn't apply. So my other two that I use a lot are humor and perspective Um, and humor to use appropriately. I feel like you have to be mindful, right? Like of your audience, of this situation, um, of yourself too. Like, what are my own limits with this joke? Um, so I feel like I use that a lot with mindfulness and my perspective has maybe risen because of my yoga training and because of the, the mindfulness and the, um, social emotional wellness, because, um, it has like zoomed me out a bit. And so, yeah. And I think to be mindful, you have to know why you're doing it. Like, what are the benefits of this? So you have to use perspective to be mindful. Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking about humor and mindfulness, um, during one of our courses, it must have been last fall, and I believe one of our classmates um, showed a video of a meditation. Do you guys remember him? Mm -hmm. He was the most foul-mouthed man, Mm. I swear, but it was hilarious. (laughs) But, like, he meant it kind of this jokey, like, like, okay, jerks, let's pull Mm. yourselves together and sit down and do your meditation right Right. now, right? So so it was meant for a really specific audience, and it was really funny Mm -hmm. at the same time. So there is ways to do this in, 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 you know, kind of a funny humor way, Mm -hmm. and still be mindful Mm -hmm. and there's a place for all of it like Mm -hmm. all of us need these different perspectives Mm -hmm. we have different uses of it yeah it was probably one of the most like outside of the norm for (laughs) mindfulness that I've ever seen I loved it I was really grateful that somebody was like here we're all gonna meditate here you go you (laughs) like wow okay (laughs) and you have to lighten up right like it just eases your anxiety like and humor is just the crack kind of I think for mine I crave novelty in life like I really need new and interesting experiences to keep me engaged so curiosity and love of learning come in there like I will read new books and research new ways to do mindfulness because I can't do the same one over and over again it just doesn't hold my attention so I have squirrel brain and and need some novelty so I have to use those other traits and character strengths to be able to kind of make space in my life yeah, I love that. Um, I would say I do use my spirituality a lot for grounding and mindfulness because I think, I mean, it's it's kind of well known women typically internalize things, mm-hmm. so we overthink. We you know we just 
turn over every single stone 30 times and then we compare the stones. So um, I really like to, I think, I think spirituality gives me a lot of peace Mm -hmm. and it really centers me and it reminds me that what is important is usually not what I'm ruminating about Mm -hmm. and that there's a way bigger picture than me and that I actually have probably like 1% of control (laughs) like over the general like this is how the rest of my life is going to go. Like, obviously we make choices and we, you know, we work hard and work towards goals. But um, I think just really surrendering that to it's bigger than me. And it's not just everything. I don't control everything with my mind. Mm -hmm. So who wants to, I'd make a lot of money if I could, but (laughs) but who wants that responsibility? (laughs) Yeah. Today we covered ways to use mindfulness in your day-to-day life with some special expertise from Anna. Anna, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So our final question as we wrap up, how did you use your powers for good this week? I've been I've been trying to use my um my social intelligence and my bravery more lately. My bravery is pretty high. It's like my number 6, but my social intel- my social intelligence <laughs> Is like 22 or something. Oh, so, so yeah, I know. I'm not you, Anna. I'm sorry. But I've been trying to like be more encouraging for my classmates. I'm taking an online class. But like if someone does a presentation, I'll try and like direct message them and be like, hey, I noticed you did this really, really well. Or like I tried to uh, I try to start conversations with other people in my life about things that like make them happy and things that are going well for them and just try to be an encouragement, which seems like it should be something that I'm naturally good at since I want to go into psychology and be a therapist, but it is, we're not all Anna, so. Anna also has to learn empathy sometimes <laughs> and <laughs> use social skills. So it's okay. So. Cool. Yeah, it's totally okay that you could be opposite of Anna because Jenna and I are completely the opposites. Like her top five are my bottom five. Like it's not exactly and that, but it's pretty darn close. And almost vice versa. Like it's very. It is. It's really <laughs> interesting because my top five are mm. almost her bottom five. It, like it is. It is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. Anybody want to go next? How did you use your powers for good this week? I am kind of tapping into your powers this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am having to um, really lean on perseverance. It, which is not one of my top five. No, it is not. It is not. Because it's one of mine. It's one of <laughs> it is not one of mine. But I'm like learning through working with you mm-hmm. too that um, it's so important and I need to focus on it more. And it's so helpful. But I've been, you know, with clients this week and especially with myself, like I just had some health issues and really had to persevere with like healthy eating habits, healthy life habits. And those, I have trouble with perseverance and stick to itedness. So <laughs> it's been a real practice this week. And so I'm trying to work on that strength and really lean into it. And it's good. It's very healthy to do. So I'm trying. That's great. So that's where I'm leaning this week. Yeah. On my weak weakest strength. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm trying to move it up the list. Right. Mm-hmm. Well I appreciate you using one of my character strengths. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> play, character strength plagiarism. Nah. <laughs> Anybody else? Um, so my six character strengths, so we talk about your one to, s- well, your five to seven is like your, you know, that's your general top strength. So my sixth is love. And I spent a lot of time with family this week and uh, it was really nice um, for my mental health and just like an outlook on life and just being more mindful of where things are um, and just really just enjoying the the time that I had with my 
family members and appreciating like who they are and just loving them for who they are and enjoying that time. Um, it just really it heals the soul, I think. Yeah, I love it. I've just had things fall through. Like um, my life was on my phone. I got a new phone. I got service, then was disconnected from service, and I needed it like to do telehealth. I needed it to serve other people <laughs> as well as myself and do my job. Um, I had some health stuff come up and like prescriptions weren't filled and I was, I mean, that's like panic. So yes, all 24 were activated. Um, specifically <laughs> though, probably I had some humility, which is pretty low for me, honestly. That's just um, not anywhere near my top 10, I don't think. So humility, perseverance and perspective, that's in my top, that's my number three. Um, and love is actually in my top five now too. And so mm. I do feel like I tapped into that because I leaned on those close relationships to kind of get me through the week. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. For me, like this is almost always normal, right? Judgment, mm -hmm. right? I'm constantly using that critical thinking. Um, our department has a new, um, they call them program coordinators. So they replaced the title replaced our administrative assistants and we have a brand new one. And, um, she has some skills. She has. She was a teacher in the past. She worked for in a in a architecture firm with five executives, and she was the executive assistant for five architects. If you can imagine, mm -hmm. I'm sure Jenna is like, yeah, that would be like uh, I don't know, working in a law firm with a bunch of lawyers telling <laughs> me what to do all day mm -hmm. and managing all of Everybody. that. Mm -hmm. So she has some pretty similar types of office experiences in, in a really high stressful, high pressure sort of an environment. And so she's chosen to come to the psychology department. That's probably a deeper conversation for a different time. <laughs> but um, because she needed something that, uh, honestly, she just wanted something less stress. Mm. Um, but she has some really cool skills. And I have some concerns about her not using those skills and becoming bored. At, at her work and so I so she's she's just been kind of running in the back of my mind like I like her I want her to stay in our department for as long as possible and I want her to enjoy it how what what kind of things can I kind of throw her direction and I came up with three really really major projects that I could use some support with and she's positioned perfectly to be able to to she has the skills she has the time she has the energy she is, can learn but like she's been fabulous she she picks things up very very quickly so I use my critical thinking to help her I hope to enjoy her time here and to really contribute back to the psychology department which I'm not sure we've always done well as a department with our administrative assistants and we've had some really good ones in the past so that's how I used my critical thinking Thank you so much for answering that question. I hope our audience is also thinking about how they use their powers for good this week. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to our co-hosts, Jenna, Katie, and Emma, for joining me during that informative discussion on mindfulness, savoring, and flow. We hope the laughter and application of mindfulness was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Naturally Strong. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us, and be sure to come back next time for our discussion of transcendence. It's a great virtue, and we're hoping that we can all feel more connected. Until then, this is Cameron Nelson, and don't forget to use your powers for good. This podcast was created, produced, and recorded by Cameron and Rachel Nelson, researched by Emma Power, marketed by Addie Nelson, and edited by Rachel Nelson. Naturally Strong is a product of the Center for Wellbeing and is recorded in the vault at Rock 31.